Full of Sound and Fury is a podcast for adults, by adults, containing adult language. Listener discretion is advised. to 2022 grateful for that that's that's about it <laughs> yeah i guess COVID's starting to feel like an inevitability yeah i seriously man it's just <laughs> at this point i've just i feel incredibly lucky to not have had it yet but it's just like okay well at some point the, the my bell will toll <laughs> and uh you know it'll yeah. be my turn i guess i don't know yeah, it just feel like now it's kind of a game of trying to delay it as long as possible, which doesn't feel great. No. <laughs> also, not enjoying all the snow we're having either. Oh so. yeah, yeah. You guys are getting getting quite a bit of it right now, aren't you? Right. No, not really. Just it hasn't left from several days ago. <laughs> we got our first uh, below freezing temperature on the low for the day, not the high. Although usually by now we are freezing, but whatever. Global warming. So yeah, I'm starting to get that that nervous burning at the back of my uh, brainstem that uh, when's the power going to go out? <laughs> so it's like some of the anxiety of that's already starting to kick in with the good old Texas power grid. Have you considered shooting the weather? <laughs> I think a lot of people have, or at least they were on New Year's Eve. But <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the, the, the traditional approach is going to work here. <laughs> We also had a handful of people firing fireworks in the snow and, you know, like three degrees Celsius. Huh. But there are some people that just, they have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, this is the full, the first episode of Full of Sun and Fury for the year 2022. We're all going to hopefully not die again. That would that would be preferable. Yeah. Right. I'm Cyrus Morozov of Kirkland, Washington. Uh, I haven't left my apartment in days <laughs> for fear of turning into Jack Nicholson from The, the Shining. With me, counting the watts from Austin, Texas, <laughs> is Ariel Rodriguez. Precious, precious watts. <laughs> I feel like I'm in some kind of uh, real-time strategy game. <laughs> Just trying to keep those factories <laughs> yeah. producing resources. How is there not a pa- pandemic RTS? That's a great question. Maybe we just need a little bit more um, separation from it. But if somebody's not working on that already, where you got to make enough masks and respirators, <laughs> <laughs> doctors and nurses, I was, that would blow my Essential mind. Essential workers, but, I believe yeah, you mean. Yes, also that. <laughs> also that. Like, yeah. Do I need to cut this out? This feels like a good idea. <laughs> Somebody has to be working on this, maybe in stealth mode or something. It's got to be out there somewhere. Well, I thought they just harass each other at work instead of making games now. Oh, that that's I mean, that that's that seems to have been the way it's been for a long time. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> just too busy sexually harassing to make the AAA games. God, Ugh. solidarity with uh, the folks pushing against that monstrous monstrous behavior. That's quite the rock. Well, I hate to start on a downer, but I'm trying to. Remember, I can't remember the last time I've been this like down on a, a new year. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been a while since I've been like, oh well, there we go again. 
Yeah, I think the optimism at the beginning of 2021, I can't believe it's, it hasn't been that long since vaccines were available, but like vaccines were starting to come online right early in 2021. And I think maybe people were more optimistic at that point. And we don't, we don't have that like potential, you know, solution in front of us. We have kind of mostly what we have. I don't know. Maybe that, that helps put everything on a downer plus the Omicron wave <laughs> on top of the usual COVID stuff. So it's never felt harder to be informed right now. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. I can't tell if the sky is falling or <laughs> it's just hanging up there. I don't know what the opposite of the sky is falling. <laughs> <sighs> well, as I mentioned, I've been snowed in. I have watched a metric shit ton of television. <laughs> All right. How about you? I've watched some. Uh, haven't gotten as far through Cobra Kai as I wanted, but uh, making my way through that. Uh, but yeah, watch watch some TV too. Just, just made some made some headway. Okay, that's good to know because I, I I I did finish Cobra Kai in one day. Nice. <laughs> so we'll leave that for a future episode. Okay. The drama of that show, though, it's just <laughs> drama. And you know what? Like I I I step back after an episode, and I'm like, man, there's a lot of people getting in each other's faces for no reason. And I realize, oh, duh, they're teenagers. They're, that's what they're gonna do so it's like kind of fine <laughs> like I, I'm it, it's a little like too over dramatic if you're like binging a couple episodes in a row or whatever to me anyway and then I get to the end of it and I'm like oh no but that makes sense they're teenagers that's what teenagers would do oh alright <laughs> load up the next one <laughs> counterpoint the people that can't let shit go are the adults oh that's also true <laughs> It's, but it seems like the adults have like the trauma, and the that's preventing them from letting go. And the kids are generating new traumas for themselves. But they're also just they just can't help themselves from starting some shit. And I think that's just being teenagers. And at first, it, since it's been a year since the last Cobra Kai season, I was I was annoyed by it. And then I realized, no, that's that's almost true to the characters in a sense. I felt less much less annoyed. It's it's really well written. Yeah. Um. And because of this ceaseless cycle of grudges that drives the show, <laughs> I have gone from being season four kind of has to be the end to Cobra Kai forever. All right. <laughs> Cobra Kai will never die because people will always be upset over stupid things. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. They're working on season five already, right? I thought. Oh, all- yeah. Yeah. And they, yeah, I, I won't spoil anything, but they're, they've got several angles to play with. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, it built. They built. At least one of them was was wonderfully organic. Cool. How many? How many have you watched? I uh, just finished episode four a little while ago. Okay, so you're nearing the halfway point. Yeah. Can you? Could you have imagined, like a year ago, that we would be saying, "Well, um, Cobra Kai has got quite a long life here on Netflix, but that Cowboy Bebop remake." <laughs> I forgot that we that we killed it with our love. <laughs> Forty eight hours after the last episode went up, it was like, nah, it's gone forever. It's just crazy. We're the only critics I know that liked this show. Oh well. <laughs> we're also the only critics I I know of that had a reasonable thought about it. People were very ready to hate on it. It was very that's very strange. Yeah, makes it really makes me wonder how they're gonna 
like Cowboy Bebop is beloved, but so are some of the other things that they're turning into live action, like One Piece. And I don't know, just makes you think. And they're doing a live action Avatar, The Last Airbender as well. Like those are beloved shows. Um, yeah, how's how are people are people going to approach it the same way, like ready to hate, or is there going to be a more balanced start to the feelings that folks have? I guess we'll see when trailers pop and what kind of buzz it generates. I can't pre- feel like I can't predict it anymore. The Witcher seems like it has a 100% approval rating. Yeah. I don't know that it deserves it, but it does <laughs> have it. The Cowboy Bebop adaptation is at least as good. Yeah, I'd say so. But but they decided, no, fuck this forever. <laughs> it's it's weird. It's just, I guess maybe The Witcher just occupies a different place in, in the, the culture of folks that are drawn to both of those types of shows. Um think Cowboy Bebop is different method of source material. I think Witcher also has like a weird combination of some people have only played the games, some people have only read the books, and some people just going into it, I don't know, because they love Henry Cavill or they they, they like the premise just uh, on its own. I'm uh, in that third group for sure. <laughs> and I, I think it, I don't know, it just seems to like not piss off any of those groups of people versus the very vocal Oh, the anime is the best Cowboy Bebop group, which seems to have been the most, the loudest, anyway. I just, I just don't know what the argument against the show was. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't get it either. I mean, we talked about it, like, I just, like, it's, it's fine. I'm, I, we, we had, it's, it's not like, no show is perfect, right? But, like, plenty of successful shows work through, you know, some, some imbalance and some characters that need some tweaking and, they get by just fine and if people were expecting a one for one recreation of the anime i think that's silly like just go watch the anime so i i don't i don't know what what people wanted i sometimes i think they just want to be angry but no oh, maybe <laughs> sure isn't there enough stuff to be angry about i think facebook and google have just have discovered no <laughs> just sure sure there's always things to be quote unquote always. engaged with yes let the algorithms drive you to to hatred and clicks. It does seem like it got caught up a little bit in the Joss Whedon backlash that we're uh, currently living through, which I think is actually feeding into my whole my whole malaise going into 2022. Is because pop culturally we arrived at some very stupid places in 2021. <laughs> I'm still struggling with Dave Chappelle as a bigot. <laughs> that's that's tough, <laughs> <laughs> but it's pervasive, and this is apparently a thing. All right, so Hawkeye is also finished. Yes, I finished Hawkeye. It's finished in terms of airing, yeah. Man, MCU building out that uh, street-level stuff. Rebuilding. Yes, indeed. I have to be careful. You haven't watched No Way Home yet. No. So I will tread carefully. (laughs) But yes, I mean, regardless of whatever happens in that movie, Spider-Man should be part of that too at some point, if not already. Like, Spider-Man is... Spider-Man is the bridge, I think, in the Marvel Marvel Comics universe between the the headier superheroes, Avengers, and even cosmic stuff, and the street-level Daredevil-type stuff. So there needs to be... I think it's a great way of having that character bridge those different divides. And the, and the MCU almost kind of set him up that way from what I've seen. You know, interacts with Iron Man and Doctor Strange, and clearly from the trailers, Doctor Strange is a huge component of Noe Home. Sure. Uh, but also, like, fights Kingpin 
and teams up with Daredevil and Moon Knight and all kinds of other crazy, more like street level and slightly off the beaten path type stuff, some mystical stuff sometimes, uh, and, the, and the Spider-Verse in addition to all that. So it's, I don't know, makes sense to, you know, include Spider-Man in this kind of stuff. Even if he wasn't their number one character, he's so malleable. Yes, absolutely. That he, you can put him in almost any kind of story. Yeah. And it'll work. For sure. In some ways, No Way Home is actually an examination of that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll love it when it comes out. No doubt. Or when it comes out. When it comes out on Disney+. Plus. When, yeah, when I cannot risk getting COVID to, to watch it. Right. Not today, Omicron. <laughs> uh, so Hawkeye, I'm going to give a solid C plus two. I don't know where you're at on it. I felt like it got stronger and stronger as it went. So as far as an overall grade for the whole six episodes, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm probably somewhere in the B territory. Um, it was fun. I think it had a lot of fun moments that, um, how, do I, how do I put it? Like, I wanted some of the side characters to... I don't know. Be more memorable is not. I want to say be more memorable, but I don't think that's right. Like I, like grills and the, the the larpers. Like that stuff was fun. The the little beats like that in between, I felt like they were cool, but it didn't quite marry well with the rest of what's going on. Uh, maybe just could have used more episodes. Um, I like where where I mean Kate, probably my favorite character of the whole of the whole thing. Of course, including Kingpin was was really cool and hell of fun and introducing echo and all that kind of good stuff but it as a whole i just felt like it had a lot to do and yelena i mean it just keeps you going, just going, going. you just laid it out with a lot of crap that happened in six episodes <laughs> it's like they probably could have gotten away with eight or ten i think pretty easily disparate and, things yeah. i would throw in as well yeah, yeah it's yeah. a very you put chocolate in my peanut butter series <laughs> which is delicious but you got to have the balance correct <laughs> yeah I mean, parts of a whole and My Life as a Weapon, the two stories that it's, it's drawn from principally, are very different in tone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I <laughs> I think most of the most of its quote-unquote issues can be attributed to that, trying to marry a lot of different stuff. They did the dance pretty well. It was just it was a very tough dance. Yeah, for, I mean... It, it's clear, I mean, we can assume, right, that it wasn't like the creators that were like, oh, yeah, we want to introduce Echo, and we want to set up uh, uh, Kingpin, and we also are going to set up Cape. I, I assume they had, like, a set of milestones they needed to meet with this show. So kudos to them for trying, because it's, it's just really, really tough that what the studio was dictating there for them to, to accomplish. But, man, you know, I, I sure am glad uh, for the Kate Bishop we have uh, in the MCU. I think she's... Uh, really cool character quirky in her own ways and stands apart i think from from hawkeye enough like clint barton that is uh to to be her own thing uh, i think that's really cool i guess i'm gonna withhold judgment right now she feels a bit a little bit like spider-man to me okay i can see that she seems a bit more brash than than peter parker does and i think that's cool i just like okay let's let's play with that let's see where, where what kind of antics she gets into but yeah, maybe I haven't seen No Way Home, so maybe maybe they have a different portrayal there of Peter Parker that is a little more brash than than uh, he has been. No comment. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> so, let, if your game, I, I kind of want to run through their initial offerings in 2021. Like the power rankings. Where, where do you... Popular perception is that Loki was the greatest thing since Roots. <laughs> Man. I don't think it was that good. <laughs> to put it mildly. So we're just going to talk TV here, or are we talking TV and movies? Uh, Let's do television, since... Okay. I haven't seen Eternals either yet. so No I... one's seen Eternals. <laughs> I don't know where the money came from. <laughs> we'll talk about it on January 13th when we all finally see Eternals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Turns out that, that felt really far away until I looked at the calendar yesterday and I was like, that's next Wednesday. <laughs> Not this upcoming one. The right. following one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't put Loki at the top. I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of sits in the middle I, for me, like either one division or Captain America. Well, I want, I want to say Captain America Falcon and the winter soldier, I guess is what you would see on the, in the, uh, Disney plus app. If you scroll to it, but it ends as Captain America, and the winter soldier. Um, so Falcon, and the winter soldier or one division. I don't know. I don't know where I would rank those two, uh, off each other. I think one division has a special place because it was the first Marvel studios show on the service. It's just hard for me to to to, to dis, disentangle that aspect of that show with what went on, but it was great. I think it was probably better than Loki, execution wise. But I think Falcon and Winter Soldier sort of was as well. Loki should have actually been a movie. It's too long. Oh yeah, I can see that. They they tra- they, they dragged it to six episodes just because they people they know people love Loki. They didn't have six episodes worth of story, and it shows. I, I, again, arguing with other critics, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is almost universally reviled, and I don't understand why. That show I thought was well done, and it had a lot hmm. to say. I think I think there was a little bit of bloat as well. Maybe it's five sure. episodes instead of six. Yeah, sure. But but not that not that much lifts out without it becoming a problem. Wandavision because it was so weird and so wonderfully weird is pretty well regarded and I would sign off on that as well but uh, I, I continue to be confounded about what the hell what the hell everyone's problem is with, with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier yeah it's weird I mean I, yeah I, I, I don't understand I mean it's it's not that it's without criticism and I, I think we probably spent a good chunk of a past episode talking about it already Hawkeye felt the most clunky, clunky but I mean these all these shows all serve like a like a strategic purpose for Marvel Studios, and in addition to being entertainment, and I think they all did well at that. Like none of them were like I don't even know what a good comparison would be, but they're not flops. Like I, I just don't feel like any of them are like flopped in what they were trying to do or being just a generally entertaining n episode story. I'm I'm just confused by the reception of Falcon and the Winter Soldier because it seems like that people are describing it as kind of base, just kind of another action movie. Huh? No. And, the, and how do they you... They miss the themes? <laughs> I guess so. But I wasn't like they were subtle. And if, no. You know, if, you, if, if people were saying it was too subtle or it was... Or it, was it, it, it wasn't subtle and that's why it's bad, we can, we can have that conversation. Okay. But that's not what I'm hearing. 
Man. Yeah, yeah, I don't get it. And I, I just going back, I seem to recall that people were complaining about it at the same time as they were praising the Suicide Squad. And I don't get how you do those two things at the same time and not be an idiot. Also, I don't know. I don't know if I would make that comparison. That's just they're very different things. They're the superhero universe stuff aside. Like, the oh, they are absolutely. is vastly different. If you want to go and say Guardian, want to compare Guardians to the Suicide Squad because of the James Gunn thing and the general quirkiness of the characters, I could see something like that. But Falcon the Winter Soldier, that, I don't know. Well, they both have the, the same trappings of, su- of superhero films. I don't know why it bothers you in one case and it doesn't in the other, but that's clearly what happened, and I'm kind of flummoxed by it. So part of me wonders if like the Marvel MCU stuff is getting its own little... like set of columns of types of stories or types of heroes and the kind of stories that they tell within those groups of heroes that folks might not universally like everything like legitimately this time as opposed to like Kevin Feige saying oh we want to have these kind of films and these other kind of films and everything be a little bit different it's like yeah that's great but that also means that there's going to be some separation of the audience right like like there's going to be mega fans kind of like us that watch everything anyway but uh, there's also going to be people that are like, well, I don't care about the militaristic heroes of Falcon the Winter Soldier, and I want my Loki, so give me my Lokis. Um, but then, then other people that are the reverse, or weird combinations of stuff. I, I wonder if we're heading in that direction of just more of that separation, but the same people are reviewing and commenting on all of them, and might not all be for them. Like, more so than in the past, is my point. There, there's probably at least a, an element of that, if not entirety. They're definitely... I, I think we're also seeing the beginning of the God, fuck these guys, like Marvel again, backlash. Uh, yeah, backlash I, I think, to the backlash. Precisely. like it's, it's like when people got mad at Taylor Swift for making an excellent pop album. <laughs> I mean, don't knock excellence. I mean, whatever. If you're bored of it, okay, but... <laughs> It's never seemed so petty, <laughs> I guess, to me, is why, is why it's sticking in my craw so much. Because I get to the point where they're not reviewing these things in the same manner. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, I, and if you don't want to review these things as a living, that's fine, but find other work. Yeah. And we don't all have to review things. Like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like social media, like, I, I've, I've been guilty of this too. Uh, and and I've, I don't really post much on social media the, the, much over the last really more than two years now. Because I feel like, well, I mean, I could post my comments on this stuff, but like, talking to my friends and and being on a podcast like this, I I can express myself plenty and I don't need the rest of the world to know what I feel about, you know, Witcher season two or the latest expanse book I read or whatever it is like, eh, I don't need to be a critic, but if you have a social media account, you kind of sometimes feel like you got to comment on everything. It's unnecessary. Maybe I sound like an old man, but that's, that's my view. That could be what it is. I mean, they're just, they're not thinking about it because they're just doing it because they feel like they have to. Got to be part of the conversation. Got to add the hashtags. Got to get them the likes. I don't know. So the answer is FOMO. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm going to take you to task on one part of that. I do want to know what you thought about The Witcher Season 2. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I, I've read enough of the books to to have like kind of been ready for the plot of season two and as a 
book reader, I was surprised at the changes they made, and I'm okay with all of them. Um, I was wondering in particular what they were going to do with Yennefer um, and how far they were... Basically, the what, like this this the time when when Geralt and Ciri are together in Kermoran in the books, Yennefer ain't around. <laughs> She's like absent for a big chunk of the story. But I know, like, if you're making a TV show and a lot of people love them some Yennefer, you can't do that. So I was curious what kind of circuitous path they were gonna put her on before you know landing where she lands at the end of the season, which I figured that's where they would end up. Um, and it was it was not bad i i was like okay they, they took away the magic they they had her try to be creative and, and wily which she is uh true to the character in that respect um had her hang out with uh yaskier some more which i thought was cool um i thought the action was pretty good uh maybe a little less fighting than i'd hoped for but it was there it was there a lot of a lot of vesemir time which i didn't expect not no three branching storylines so that was nice <laughs> Uh, to kind of be kind of more linear, um, yeah. Uh, overall, pretty enjoyable. I was definitely there for the uh, the more followable storyline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although I'm still wondering how much of it I followed. Yeah, it was a little. Yeah, especially the whole like uh, the the prophecies and the what have you was a little was a little muddled. Uh, Joe and I both were kind of like, what did they say? Who is that? And it's like I know from the books that there's other stuff, but like. It was like just yeah, it it was not clear. They, I think maybe they're trying to deliberately be obscure there, but I I don't think it was deliberate. <laughs> <laughs> I, they had me while it was still the whole uh, Baba Yaga, who's not Baba Yaga character, yeah. and she's right the on. principal antagonist for most of the series. But then it sh- yeah. after it shifts to her, and now we're on a different planet slash sphere slash. Hey, there's the four horsemen, and right. apparently they're part of an elven prophecy. And uh, okay, well we're, we're gonna go back now. And wait, what? Yeah, they the way the books did it is like they just don't reference any of that stuff until like it starts to become like a real a bigger issue. So they, it's a little bit more abrupt, I guess I would say, in the books, like the wild hunt, the the, the horseman thing. Like I don't think anybody really needed to know about more them. abrupt than it is in the television series. Yes, because oh basically, <laughs> basically, like no one talks about the wild hunt, and then the wild hunt shows up, and they're like, and then they're like, Geralt, who the hell are these guys? Like, oh, that's the wild hunt, and they're like. And he's like, you should be worried about that. Just go over here. And then, like, later on, it, yeah, and it starts to build from there. But until that point, it wasn't a concern. So they don't, the book doesn't doesn't talk about it. When they And then they, they basically come hunting for Siri in, in the real world, not this other sphere that they teleport to in the show. And so, like, it's just kind of like, yeah, okay, you know. So is it bad writing in your estimation? Or is it just like a, you don't talk about Wild Hunt if you're in Wild Hunt? A, a think, kind of fight club sort of thing. I think it was more like everybody was really busy in the story dealing with other stuff and then the author was like ah, I gotta sew in this wild hunt thing for like I don't know how many books because I haven't gotten there yet later on so I'm just gonna you know clearly Siri is a, a hot commodity everybody wants uh, wants her powers and whatever so he's just gonna drop that in there and like now that's a concern and it wasn't a concern before it was like oh now there's you know we had Delta variant now there's Omicron where'd that come from it's kind of <laughs> like that I think that actually is my, was my was my one complaint as far as following it. I'm still not really sure what she can and can't do. And I, I'd like some more after two seasons. I'd like a, and 16 episodes. I'd like a little more clarity from an audience perspective. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like she's really good at screaming. Yeah, and they don't except she doesn't when do that she's in the book. not. Except sometimes that's a bad thing. Other times it's a good thing. And I yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. They talk about her heritage a lot and they all that stuff, but I think the books do a better job there. I think the books do a better job of like having people explain to her number one what she is and then and thus our, ourselves the the audience. And this whole thing about making her a witcher, injecting her with the stuff, and that that didn't, I mean, to, to my knowledge, at least some of the books I've read didn't, didn't exist, so it felt like extra to try to, like, keep this season doing some things, but not moving the plot forward too fast, in a sense. I feel like they're they're trying to hold things back and, like, let things, certain things build that some of it worked and some of it didn't. Thing I'm realizing Marvel Studios has spoiled me on having watched The Witcher season two is how good their fitness people are. Like the guy, the guys in the Marvel universe are physical specimens. Oh yeah. And then I go to The Witcher where you know Vesemir looks like <laughs> it's it's uh one day to retire right he's <laughs> he's like Danny Glover from The Weapon. <laughs> And, and you know, a lot of them don't look like, like these guys really. <laughs> these are the elite monster hunters. I can't even remember their names. It was just, <laughs> they're very they're very forgettable. <laughs> to a certain extent, almost everyone who isn't John Cena is going to look small next to Henry Cavill. But yeah, but it just it kind of it, it kind of took me out of it because I, I guess I had in, in my head what they would be, and then when what I was presented with was like no. <laughs> <laughs> And there were a lot more of them, like the show, the the books, rather. There's a lot fewer of them in the castle hanging out uh, at any given time. At least the way my the way I, I, I read it, the impression I got. Uh, so I was surprised when the show is like, just like, oh, there's like 16 witches here. It's like, whoa, <laughs> that's that's a lot more witching than I expected, uh, given the, the the status of things. That felt a little cheap. It was a bit like in yeah. Lost, where it's like, a, there's like a lot of people that fell off the damn plane, but you, <laughs> most of them just carry logs. <laughs> until they had to fight multiple basilisks. It was weird. <laughs> yeah, no, let's see. The The mage stuff was pretty good. Yeah. I, I wish I had, they'd been, again, I, I guess I'm just complaining mostly about the direction. And and not a lot, but a little. But there were times where I was definitely, there things could have been a little clearer as to what the alliances were and such. Oh, yeah. The machinations of the Brotherhood are pretty obviously central to, to the greater narrative arc. Yep. And I was having a really tough time figuring out what the uh, the alliances were outside of the rectoress and her uh, her guys partnership. Uh, I mean, I had not gotten to the point in the books where the the twist at the ending of the season happened, so I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." <laughs> okay. Oh shit! What am I forgetting? Was there a twist? Uh, her dad is the emperor of Nilfgaard. Oh right, I did forget that. <laughs> but but that's and that's the thing about it too. I feel like. We we saw her like have all these like visions and whatever of her parents and how she cares so much for her parents, but like her dad showed up in one episode of season one, so like I don't know how like it, it was impactful for me and t- to me in terms of the machinations of the plot, but otherwise like I have no emotional connection to this guy, so he's around. Okay, eh? is it supposed to be apparent to me the whole time that the white flame and the emperor are the same person? I believe so, but they should have done a better job about that. Yeah, I thought they were separate entities. I, I, you shouldn't be blamed for thinking that because they <laughs> use those names interchangeably without, I don't know, without like making it clear. And I think it would have been nice if they had had some scenes where he was in the room, but without showing his face, you know, like talking or 
people like talking at him, asking him for some direction. Or <laughs> like Dr. Claw. Yes, yes, exactly. Or Blofeld, <laughs> you know, before they reveal Blofeld, you know, just like try to build up this guy so that people know who you're referring to instead of just like in dialogue between other characters, which I think speaks to the confusion there. It's just confounding a lot. There's just no getting around it. Yeah. I still really enjoyed it. I thought the first episode was excellent. That was my favorite. <laughs> that that one felt very witchery. Yes. Like there was like it it hit all the notes. Yeah. And that that episode's based on a, one of the short stories from the the first two books, so it's definitely the most witchery of the thing. Where he's just you know, there's a monster. There's some development on the side of the characters, and then you gotta go you gotta go kill the monster, and it's a challenge because it's different than what you've seen. And that's fun. See, that's concerning because this feels like a little bit of the whole Game of Thrones thing. Once they were off the map, it fell apart in a hurry. Yeah, and it's it's weird because they didn't. They, there's still plenty of map left. Like the, they they have a whole saga left to go. It's just like they didn't want to. They didn't want to get there too fast. It feels like they want to have, you know, eight or nine seasons of this thing and. They peppered in stuff from the the third book, which is where they should be in season two, more or less. But some of the other stuff was like it, it advances things too much. So they they held back, you know. That the third book didn't have Yennefer much, so they have to like have Yennefer go through this whole other process, and then they start working things in from the fourth book towards the end of the season. And it's like, well, you can see where the, okay, we we don't want to you know blow everything too fast. They they want to milk this thing a little bit. Makes sense. They they definitely appear to be all in on it. I need I need to watch the animated film that they've dropped. Oh yeah, yeah. They get to see Vesemir looking uh, very different. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be surprised. closer to your expectations. I think. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> he looked like the guy from the mean of the of the two guys yelling at each other. Oh yeah. The, in violent agreement. Where they're throwing the chair, but not that guy. The other guy. Yeah. I don't know what the hell that's from, but I, I see it one all those, the time. One of those like choppers show, West Coast Choppers, or one, one okay. Of but he's still writing the novels, right? He's done. Oh, he's done. Saga Saga was done in the nineties. I want to say, like, oh. yeah, he wrote them all, yeah, decades ago. And he's just consulting. Sapkowski consults on the on the show and the games and stuff like that. But like, pretty sure that he wrote. He wrote the whole story. Oh, okay. He's the anti-George R. R. Martin. Huh. <laughs> In that sense. Most writers are. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch Encanto? Uh, I have not watched Encanto. Okay. We'll, we'll come back to that then. It's on the list. I am as confused as it is I am about The Witcher. Actually, <laughs> way more so. Are there three timelines in Encanto? <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> I'm not sure. There's one timeline though. It's it's, it's okay. the opposite problem. Okay. Like there's kind of a story. It's definitely a lot of characters and there's a lot of good music. Okay. But yeah, it's actually a lot like Shang Chi in that regard. Like it's, <laughs> there's a found there's a uh, there's a hint of a foundation and then it's just all like every every uh, kitchen sink trink. Uh, trick you can throw at it <laughs> oh, oh okay oh this is gonna be okay strap in people oh boy the matrix resurrections oh yeah i think i understood most of it <laughs> <laughs> i also think i enjoyed it i don't know I, what a modal is though 
yeah that was i mean like in uh in in like user interface talk a modal is just a, a self-contained gui element so it's like you can separate it from the rest of the stuff so it's like an independent little mini world or mini mini program separated from everything else so it doesn't you know it's like a sandbox if you will okay but maybe sandbox is like too easy to understand so you got to use modal instead to make it sound cool and internet-y but it's not that's not actually a sandbox it's just like a separate element from everything else <laughs> maybe that's what they were going for okay no i think all right that's that's what i thought i understood so that's good i just I had a lot of theories. I just there was a, there was precious little confirmation of what the hell was going on. I agree with that. <laughs> um, which is kind of what they they've always done. Yeah, to, to a certain extent, and and that's fine. I, I love I loved how meta it was. <laughs> yes, that was great. Like aggressively, so. Some <laughs> <laughs> somebody had asked uh, a family member had asked uh, my wife and I recently like, what was the point? Why did they make it? I'm like you it's in the movie they said warner brothers forced them to make it like that's literally what they're telling you <laughs> the reason why they made this movie i've had to slow walk friends to this as well <laughs> and the response i got was well if that was the only reason they shouldn't have made it yes <laughs> that is true <laughs> congratulations you understood it <laughs> But given the inevit the inevitability of it, Mister Anderson, I think it worked pretty damn well. Yeah, I wish the I, I I wish the martial arts was better. I feel like the action scenes didn't have the charm of of the 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 original trilogy. It seemed like it was missing something, and that that something's probably you and Whooping. But yeah, I mean they were they were they were fine. I mean they were they were. That's like... half of the answer. I'm gonna give you the second half. Uh, Carrie Ann Moss and Keanu Reeves, their combined <laughs> age is well over a hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even stuff with Morpheus and Bugs, like I felt like they it it just they could have done more. Um, I know, like uh, what's her name, uh, Jessica Henwick and uh, Yaya Abdul Mateen II. I think both of them, like they they could probably do more with different action direction. I just it it seemed too choppy, too 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 many cuts, uh, kind of style stuff, which not my favorite. Thing it loses the charm of the the originals there. Yeah, I think there's no question the kung fu wasn't there. I thought the gunfights still were yeah. still pretty were still pretty slick though. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I I, I was okay with that. Uh, yeah, and it, it, like you said, it, it's because they didn't have the choreographer available. Yeah, and that's fine. I mean, it it, it just wasn't mind blowing. It but it was it was it was serviceable. It wasn't bad. Like I I you know it's not like I won't watch it again because. Nobody knew how to throw a punch or shoot a gun or anything like that. It was it was just fine. Yeah, I I was surprised how much I liked it, and the, it was the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. Given that they really didn't want to make it because they had already kind of done it, but yeah. they were forced into making um, the Force Awakens. I thought they did a pretty good job with it, with their version <laughs> of the Force Awakens. Sure, sure. I really enjoyed Game Morpheus. I don't know how you were on that. <laughs> Hell yeah, it was, it was great. <laughs> he was not tactically dressed. Is all I'm going to say. No. And, no. and <laughs> so just it was great to just see, like you know what the rules were not like. This whole thing is subverting all the stuff that we set your expectations for. You know, twenty plus years ago, he's going to wear a, a mustard orange type of suit, and he's just going to be firing guns everywhere. And it's going to be awesome, and it, it was. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it, it was it was as the story indicated a very different take on the character. It was Morpheus two point Yeah, he's not the wise old sensei. He's he's this more angry, uh, pissy revolutionary guy. Yeah, who's going to Easter dinner apparently? <laughs> yeah. But I I yeah he was great. I, I enjoyed Bugs as well. Yeah. Uh, part of me wonders how much stronger the story is if they just let the secondary characters be a bigger part of it. Oh, yeah. But uh, Lana Wachowski, and this was my read, and I'm curious if, if you had a similar thought. It almost felt like they were, they, they felt like they had done a disservice to Trinity in the first films. Yeah, I think. Like I think... they were trying to build her into like a super badass as well. Yeah, I mean, she already was, but it definitely seemed like the film was trying to emphasize that and make her a more important part of how Neo could control the matrix like it's it takes both of them it's not just neo by himself and okay if that's if that's what i i, I agree with you i think i and, and maybe i'll rephrase what you were just saying just to make sure i'm i'm understanding what you're what you're getting at to repeat here in my own words um it felt it felt like the creators after stepping back from the the franchise for a little bit or lana wachowski themselves that's what they wanted in retrospect to make sure that people understood was that Trinity is a big part of this. And yeah, gonna, I, th- I think so. <laughs> and there were just so many characters there by the end. I think I, she, she is a big part of it, but I guess they decided that they should like, no, she is a really big no, part like, of it. Yeah, you guys like, don't understand. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, I didn't, I don't think I told you this enough in the last three movies that I made. So let me just hit you over the head with it here. There were some interesting casting decisions. Uh, so the Groff thing. Yeah. I knew you were going there. Well, you have to. There's no idea. We can't like not talk about it. But that was because of a. I. I, I guess we weaving wasn't available. Oh, I didn't know. I. I yeah, I, I, think, I think that was what it was, and so it was kind of a late decision that they decided. Well, uh, how about Kristoff from Frozen? <laughs> That's... Can he do the voice? Yeah. <laughs> I would never have thought of it in a million years, but it, I thought, thought he was fine. Yeah. I'm not sure why they're on a first name basis now, but yeah, the whole Tom thing yeah. I, that was weird. Yeah, but that worked. That was a that worked pretty well. But boy, it was, boy, that was a gamble. <laughs> yeah, but it did. I, I thought it worked well. I was pretty entertained by it. He's such a. They made him such an oddball in the in the plot. Like I, it was like, well, is he a villain this time for real, or is this just a rivalry? Like, what's what's going on? And it it, it I think it worked because it kept you guessing. Like if you if you watch the first three, you're you're really wondering what the hell's going on. It keeps you on edge. Like when Smith gonna pop up? When Smith gonna pop up? And I, it, it worked. Yeah, he's he's still the rogue element. Yeah, he's the part of the Matrix code that they lost control of. Um, yeah, and I I, I love the I, I love both the idea of the analyst and MPH's take on him. Yeah, I thought that was excellent. I enjoyed the blue glasses. <laughs> Not subtle, but I thought it worked. Yeah, sure. The whole thing is, I think this whole movie is like, we're just going to throw a lot more color in here than you're used to with the Matrix film. Sounds good. We're done with black and green. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the locales were, at least the set pieces, I, I, know the, I know the Kung Fu wasn't there, but uh, the way they tried to like frame it, like you know, with the chase scene and then yeah. like the, the, the bot brawl on the, the Shinkansen, that was great oh, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. With like the the anime cherry blossom shit going on. And I was yes. like, yes, yes. Yeah. They were still paying homage to their roots while still moving it forward, which is hard to do. Yeah, for sure. 
20 years later on the fourth film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In that regard, I think we're not talking enough about how good it was. Usually fourth versions of a movie or of a franchise are terrible. Yeah, and I mean, they brought the, the main cast back, at least the ones that they wanted to bring back, uh, maybe Smith aside, uh, due to Hugh Wiggins' uh, availability, but like to, to have them do that and make a fourth one with most of the creative people that were around for the last one, which was, when, when did part three come out? Oh, four? Oh, three. Like, oh, three? So <laughs> they, they came out six months within each other. Right. It's one of those where everybody was doing that, right? We're going to do a three-part thing, and the, the other films we're going to, the last two are going to film back-to-back, and then they're going to be out in theaters. Lord of the Rings did it, and Matrix did it. Pirates of the Caribbean did it. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty a huge accomplishment. And it was it was hella entertaining, I was, no doubt. Yeah, no, I I, I like it. Um, it was a little bit overlong for how light the story was, I think. I think they could have lost a little bit and been okay as far as that goes. But I think I think the latest version of The Matrix is really interesting and fertile. I mean, that that's one of the heavy themes in this version, our addiction to social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that was kind of a throwaway, a throwaway line the first time. It was just something that can happen. Yeah. Where's this, where's this new version? They're like, no, 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 we're going to make a... Uh, a version that's just addictive. Yeah, if anything, the the themes are just stronger nowadays than than they even they were back in '99 in the first one. I think it, it just it's a good franchise to continue to explore those things because it's it's still relevant. More so, maybe. Well, it's hard to remember, but online was still so new in '99. <laughs> yeah, dude. We were just like a few years removed from hackers. <laughs> Indeed. They, please don't remake that. <laughs> yeah, let's keep that where it, where it is. That's it's fine. Yeah, that didn't work at the time. Have you heard? Will they make more? I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it. Okay. About I have neither. Yeah, the, what I, what little I've gathered is that I think audiences did not enjoy it, but the critics did. Oh. It's having a very Last Jedi reception. But Warner Brothers, as the film says, really wants to make these things come back. Especially with, I guess, with Fantastic Beasts stalled forever. Oh, sure. <laughs> I, was, I went into it with an open mind because I couldn't figure out what the hell it was going to be. And I think that probably really helped. I was kind of in the same boat. I mean, I just I watched the trailer and I'm like, I have no idea where they're going with this. Yeah. But punch me in. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, the new Morpheus thing was, was, was really confounding to me. I was like, but wait, what? Yeah, yeah. And it... Still confounded me for like the first 20, 25 minutes of it, but I got there eventually. I was like, all right, well, okay. He's a, a robot. He's a, he's, he's a program now, and he's flamboyant, and he's awesome. Okay, cool. Let's do this. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that my endorsement. I, 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 I enjoyed it, and I think you should too. Right on. All right, so we're recording this uh, just after the first episode of The Book of Boba Fett has dropped. Or chapter one, excuse me, of The Book of Boba Fett has dropped. <laughs> It's very visceral. <laughs> that dude uh, went through some stuff, man. He, he cut his way out of the stuff. <laughs> yeah, sure. I don't know what Favreau was like. No, I get it. We don't. <laughs> Wait, don't. You can just tell me. <laughs> I have to light up the goddamn <laughs> flamethrower and watch him blow his way out. Sure. Okay, fine. I guess we're doing this. And then crawl through the sand and all, all this stuff is pretty brutal. It's not the Boba Fett I was expecting. Yeah, that I, I want. I expected a more cunning Boba Fett, and instead, it seems like he's clearly just kind of making it up as he goes. And I, 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 
I don't know. I, I feel like that's that's gonna be make things more fun, <laughs> you know, in a way. Um, the whole thing where he's like talking to Fennec Shannon, he's like, "I'm supposed to be the I'm supposed to be the criminal underlord or whatever." <laughs> like, why are they not doing this? Or it, I don't know. I just it, it was funny, which I was I'm glad for a little bit of humor in there. We were just talking about aging actors who can't do the stunts anymore. Uh, Ming Na is going to be very very important because she's going to have to carry that part of it, and and she already starting to. Yeah. The interpretation of the character is very, like I was just saying, is very different. Uh, I was expecting a more ruthless character. That's the version I'm most familiar with. Um, The Mandalorian Season 2 out, notwithstanding. Yeah. Almost so that I would say they're different versions of the character, so I'm wondering, I'm hoping that that they're going to fill that in as we go along here. That's That's what has me wondering if the flashbacks are a way to tell that story. Of like, yeah, you expected him to be ruthless. Look at how kind of he's just making it up as he goes in the present day of the story. And we're going to keep giving you flashbacks via the back to tank to try to bridge the two the two pieces. Because this is what we want Boba Fett to be now. But yeah, you got to you gotta see him get there. And definitely, I, I hope they don't just pretend that everything that happened in chapter one is good enough. And then they just dispose, dispense with the flashbacks uh, going forward. I, I hope we get some more in there. Agreed, because it's absolutely not. It's right. still too different, having watched you know things like Clone Wars and the original trilogy. Yeah, yeah. like like he's very Mandalorian when uh, yes. Jen meets him, but and prior to that, he's not at all. And we're we're, he, we're definitely seeing that he has a code in, in the flashbacks already, but yeah. he didn't have that code before. So I I don't I almost feel like they need to go further back, possibly pre Empire. But post Clone Wars, so which... are they gonna have flashbacks with like Jabba and like some kind of events that like change his his perspective on stuff? I don't know. Well, I hope he doesn't have to get his ass kicked every time to have a flashback. <laughs> yeah, that, that's gonna get old quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> back in the regenerator. Um... Yeah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> he is. He. He. Yeah. That was. He had a rough. He had a rough COVID in just the first thirty-five minutes or whatever the hell they actually were. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I'll say. I mean, he got his. I mean, sorry. He's. You know, the the madam filled his helmet with with money. That's good, but yeah. he immediately loses it. That's not good. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had. Yeah, he. Yeah, he was having a time of it. <laughs> how, how long is it going to go? Do we have a seat, an episode count? Looks like some folks are saying seven episodes. That's what I'm seeing as well. Okay. Nice round number. Great. <laughs> seven is interesting. Starcasm aside, I it actually does kind of fill me with some hope because it is a kind of a random number, which means it there's a good chance it might be what exactly it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. Like or they ran out of money. <laughs> 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 which is the very anime way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Or COVID said we had to stop now. Sorry. Oh, God. That's always a possibility. You don't think he has an N95 in his helmet? <laughs> I hope so. I hope his <laughs> helmet itself is at least N95. Okay, but see, now in the Starlight scene, we know that's not the case. Uh, oh, okay, that's fair. He that's had fair. to run oxygen in there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So Stormtrooper helmets are N95. <laughs> yes. You're supposed to be like one of the most badass people. You you can't breathe in your own shit. Maybe uh, Boba had to go to an armor and be like, "Yo, uh, I need some upgrades." <laughs> what kind of Beskar nano weave can I get for <laughs> the filtration on this? Maybe it used to it. It just doesn't now. Possibly. 
he's had he's just walking around i noticed in the in the present day scenes with like a huge dent in it too I'm like dude hammer that out <laughs> well that's a whole thing in the legacy boba fett featurette oh really i haven't watched that okay yes the dent is apparently an authentic canonical thing <laughs> okay that that was a fun little feature. You should watch it if you haven't. Okay, we'll do. Uh, well, I I think that's everything I've watched. Um, anything I missed that you you maybe caught? Spent most of my holiday watching Witcher season two, and then Boba Fett starting on Cobra Kai. That's that's okay. everything I've got. Cool. All right. Well, you you did you did some traveling too. Yes. How insane was that? Uh, my kid can wear a mask, so that's uh, great. She's pretty, very young, two-year-old, uh, is able to do that, I think was uh, uh, reassuring in a number of different ways. Sure. Uh, number, number one being, uh, well, her health and safety, but close behind it, uh, uh, not getting kicked off an airplane because of the toddler having a meltdown. I mean, I, we, you know, we're, we're cooperative with our own mask wearing. So I'm sure that helps show folks that, you know, we're we're in it to, you know, to win it, if you will, in terms of not getting the virus, but... Uh, you never know. So that was that was nice. Yeah, overall, I mean, at least the the flying part didn't seem much different than than before in terms of leaving Texas and and going to Florida. So plenty of people still flippant about <laughs> wearing their mask off off board. Uh, sure. Yeah. But yeah, you know, Miami. It, for all the flack that Florida gets, I gotta say, Miami doesn't seem much different than Austin does in terms of the overall precautions. And stuff. There were not as many people as I would like wearing masks, but there were plenty of them. And I think Austin kind of fits a similar bill at the moment. Um, so all the portrayals in the media of both Texas and Florida, for, for that matter, like depending on where you go, you'll see different, you know, different different levels of the spectrum in terms of people trying to stay safe and, and be compliant with stuff. I was pleasantly surprised. I can't say I'm too surprised that Travis and Dade County are different than the rest of the states they're in, though. Yeah, you'd, you'd think, right? It's just so much of the media otherwise just is, is telling you a particular story about the states. And yeah, the governors both are pieces of trash and they're doing, you know, very pro-virus things. It, the virus, as far as I knew, didn't, doesn't vote, <laughs> so that's weird. Um, but um, I think that's how we need, we need to reframe the conversation <laughs> as pro-virus. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the way I view it. Uh, <laughs> to really drive home how stupid yeah, it is. I mean, for Pete's sakes. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, you're right. Uh, Travis and Dade County are, def- are definitely, you know, the different constituencies than the majority of the rest of the state. But I think even Miami had recently been getting a lot of flack for uh, for just the the level of virus in 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 that city and, and in the county in general. Um, and it was just it was just better than I than I thought. So that was that was nice. And with the weather being nice, you can also eat outside a lot. So that helps and shop outside and stuff. So it was, we, we did a lot of that and it was, it was nice. And the, the zoo was, uh, man, we went to the zoo on Christmas Eve and okay. uh, two things about the zoo on Christmas Eve during the day. One is almost nobody there, which is great. Cause we can just enjoy the zoo without it being packed at all. Uh, and two, uh, the parking lot next to the, or, or a huge section of the zoo parking lot, I should say, which is, on the grounds, but separate from where you'd go to be, you know, be closer to the zoo is a uh, COVID-19 testing site. And the line of cars for that area wrapped around the facility. It was just massive. The number of people trying to get a test 
I'm not talking about a vaccine. I'm saying a test. Yeah. Uh, and that was eye-opening driving parallel to that, trying to get into the zoo. Well, I would posit that the vaccine line was probably empty, and there might be a correlation oh, yeah. between these two things. Indeed. Indeed, it was. There was also... <laughs> a, I don't know if it was active that day, like if there was, if it was staffed, but... There was also a vaccine kind of exit, and there, there was nobody taking that. It was all all testing. It was just <laughs> they had to have cops in a helicopter, like controlling the situation for many hours while we were there. Wow. Yeah. So like worse than Chick Fil A at lunchtime. Yes, definitely. Wow. <laughs> it, maybe it could have used some of the Chick Fil A logistics people to help uh, deal with that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> the lines I see at Chick Fil A drive-thrus are just insane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so, well, see, now I'm worried again. We've come full circle. <laughs> I guess this is the part where, where we play out on a cover of Wake Up. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note of, of Wake Up, uh, I've been Cyrus Mortazavi of Kirkland, Washington, uh, greatstoragestudios.com. With me has been Ariel Rodriguez of Austin, Texas, and the Comic Strip Podcast. Thank you for having me, sir. This episode and previous episodes of Full of Sun and Fury Podcast are available at fullofsunandfurypodcast.com or by subscription to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. This has been a Great Source Studios production, copyright 2022.